What's going on, Cubs fans? Welcome to Cubs on Tap. We are, it is me, Joey. Yeah, Joey knows nothing. Joey Ricotta. I'm joined by the man himself, Juice on Tap, at Juice on Tap. And we are without our boy, Ron. Ron Luce at Luce on Tap. But he's got other things going on. He ran solo yesterday. We thank him for that because uh, we need some nights off. And he needs some nights off. So we are there today. We are here today to provide that to him. So, Juice, we lost. The Cubs lost 3-1 to tonight against the Arizona Diamondbacks, game one of the four-game set. It was Marcus Stroman's return to action first game since May 1st. Uh, how are you doing? And uh, first thoughts about – or initial thoughts about this game. Doing good. You know, this is a total change in pace from the last show me and you were on where we had – you know, it's so much great to talk about. Now we're talking about a Cubs loss and a loss that uh, it's a game that really wasn't much that went on in it, right? I mean, it, it was uh, your typical probably forget about it next week game that uh, we won't remember much from it. But uh, uh, Hughes is still, you know, dirty. Um, and we saw some things tonight, right? Like Stroh looked okay, made a couple mistakes, but... With that said, anytime you're going against a guy like Gallon, like it's just tough because you almost can talk about you know six innings worth of you know one to no runs because that's just what he's been over the course of his last like seven eight starts. So yeah, they tried. They got into the bullpen pretty early, and then they just weren't able to capitalize. Which they got a lot of bad bounces tonight too. Felt like baseball gods were not shining down on them. The the line drive up the middle and then the it went right to first base or whatever that was and then the booted ball at second that ended up you know going right to second base and yeah it just wasn't their night and uh baseball seems to be like this and uh we'll just try to get them tomorrow win two in a row and still win a series when this is a four game set right four game four set? game yep. four game set so try to win three in a row and uh win a series yeah, like you said, different vibes tonight. Uh, we were very animated and very pumped up after the show that we all did together. The three of us were on the mics and talking about that Christopher Morrell game. He obviously lit the place up. He did steal his first base tonight, which was cool to see. Um, he, st- he still just seems like that energetic dude. Um, it's nice to see the spark plug in him. I know he kind of made a mistake there in center field um, by not getting back to the wall, I guess, like Doug Glanville was talking about it on the broadcast and he was saying how you want to sprint back to the wall and then find the ball. Uh, and that, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I remember doing like training drills in high school where, you know, you kind of slide your foot back, you take your sprint back, they throw the ball in the air, you turn, you find a spot, get to a spot, turn, and then you find the ball and then you grab it. Uh, it's tough though. Like anytime you're a rookie playing at Wrigley field, playing the outfield at Wrigley is never easy. I don't know from experience, but from everything I've seen uh, and heard over the years from different players, uh, finding the wall, you got the brick behind the ivy. I'm sure he was told it's tough to find. uh, It's tough to play that wall, and you don't want to crunch right into it running full speed. He's a guy that, as he showed tonight, with the speed of the stolen base, he's a guy that has some speed. So if you're going to go full force Aaron Rowan style into the the wall, I don't think that's a great idea, but – um, there were positives though, Juice. Like you said, we're we're talking about a loss here, second loss in a row, uh, first game of the series, and that's tough. 
But, uh, you know, you do have three more games against these D-backs. And Stroman, like we said, first game since May 1st. And the first nine guys, he retired the first nine guys. So it's like you can't really be too upset that he misses his spots a few times. I mean, that's that comes with more pitching if you haven't pitched for a while. Yeah, I think J.D. kind of put it, you know, the best as we're kind of watching him for the rest of the season talking about keeping the ball like low and on the ground. Cause that's what, you know, Marcus Stroman does. It's what makes Marcus Stroman, Marcus Stroman gets easy outs. He's able to feel this position and, you know, kind of keeps his pitch count down that way. When he needs a strikeout, he has the stuff to strike you out. Um, but he's, he's realistically like he likes to keep the ball on the ground, keep it out of the air. Um, and like you said, I think I attribute a lot to like his problem during tonight to, missing his spots because of rust, you know, not being out there as often, um, not having a feel for the baseball, not having the feel for Wrigley Field. I think we're forgetting, too, that, like, in the first year, it's very difficult to get accustomed to pitching somewhere. And he's he's doing that, you know, with with yeah. limited amount of starts as well due to his injury and, and all that. You know, he's still adjusting to sight lines, to – uh, a different catcher to a lot of things around the team that he's kind of struggled out of the gate. And, and I, I'm not worried about him. I know you're not worried about him either. Um, but with that said, you, we forget there's a lot of new things for Marcus Stroman this year and couple that with some injury and some bad luck. And that's why he's kind of struggled out the gate. But with that said, um, you know, J.D., like I said, summed it up great. Keep the ball on the ground. I think he did that, like you said, a lot in the first three, you know, innings of that game. Uh, ran into some trouble. And Cubby, the, the Cubs defense, too, kind of put a little bit more on that, not hitting the cutoff man, letting the Diamondbacks hit, take extra bases. I thought, like, tonight is a good rewind for David Ross to show his team and say, hey, we got to make the simple plays. Because it's it's a totally different ball game if it's two to one opposed to three to one with Gallon on the mound, right? Like every no every doubt. at bat means more when it's that close. Two runs almost seem like four to five when you have a guy like that out there. But one one run is a booted ball somewhere, somebody taking an extra base, and that's just kind of to sum up tonight. Like it just didn't come together for the Cubs, and that's okay. You're going to have nights like that over a course of 162, but there's still a lot to to point at tonight as, as success, you know, and then not even just in the Cubs in general, we're anytime that a prospect like Caleb Killian has, has a day like he did today. Oh boy. Makes your general manager and president talk about him before a game. Like that's something special. And that kid's going out every start in AAA down there and showing you that he's special. And I know this wasn't like on our agenda to talk about, but it's just to go into all these these Cub prospects that we've kind of talked about over the course of the guys who are on the roster like Morrell and Hughes and Ethan Roberts for a little bit. It's good to see that, like we talked about, the bread the bread was served you know a couple nights ago. Now you know, you're going to start to get some of these entrees. You're going to start to get guys like Caleb Killian and hopefully Brendan Davis when he's healthy and back and 
and back to mashing the ball down in, in Iowa who come up and contribute and this Cubs team can slowly form until then we're going to have nights like tonight where a good pitcher takes the mound for the other team and just shuts you down and you can't do anything against their bullpen and it just doesn't work out. But with that said, man, I think tonight while they lost still a lot to pull from. There's a lot to pull from. I'm so happy that you brought up Caleb Killian because that was a huge topic on Twitter today as everybody was freaking out over the the performance he had. Ron has a great article up right now at ontapsportsnet.com if you want to check that out. He talked about his pitch mix today and how everything was working, posting career highs today. I mean, he has been legit all season, Caleb Killian, and – it's only a matter of time, man, before we see him at the big league level, before we see a lot of these guys. You talk about the appetizers that we've been getting, and we're going to start getting into the main courses. Caleb Killian is a guy who I would consider, and I think you would and Ron would, a main course type of guy. If he gets to the big league level sooner rather than later, we could see – I mean. Who knows if he can continue this dominance at the big league level this year, but at least it'll be good to see him there. And, you know, getting Stroman back tonight, it's great, right? I mean, yeah, you lost the game three to one. You know, there were situations where you should have probably taken advantage. You had guys with the bases loaded at one point for Ian Happ with two outs in the fifth inning. He didn't come through. He grounded grounded out to second base. Um, Still had a pretty decent at bat, though. Then you had in the eighth inning, who I'm thinking – Hey, my fly the W pick, perfect time. Patrick Wisdom up to bat, two outs, second and third, right? Eighth inning, let's take advantage. Nope, wasn't going to happen. Uh, I couldn't break the Patrick Wisdom slump as it is right now, is it what it looks like, so it's been really rough. Um, but, you know, this is just where this team's at, right? We've got guys in, in positions and at spots on the diamond that might not be here, uh, as we've said on previous shows, might not be here when it's time to really get down to business and time to compete. But, uh, you know, you only take away some of the positives from outings like this and games like this where, hey, Morrell had some good at-bats in there too. You had uh, – I know Rivas, he probably would have liked to take advantage of that last mistake by Melanson at the end. It was a breaking ball. It looked like it got a lot of the plate. And Alfonso Rivas probably would have liked to take advantage of that. But you can only ask for so much as guys are kind of – they're still going through the growing pains. I mean, that's what we've talked about. They are still going through the growing pains. It's going to happen. You're going to have games like this. I, Mark Melanson's not a great pitcher now. Like, he's just not. And we probably should have killed him in the ninth inning. We have taken advantage of him in the past. But it's just one of those things where if you don't have a veteran ball club, for the most part, or a team that's played a lot of Major League Baseball – they can be vets by age, but if they're not vets by Major League Baseball standards, uh, most of these guys, it doesn't really mean much when you know you're in situations. You need clutch performers and guys that have been there. So, hey, this is a loss. It, it's ch- chalked up to a loss, but I don't think we should be pulling the kill switch on just back-to-back losses against the Pirates and the D-backs just because they've been competitive games, though, for the most part. Yeah, you can almost make the argument that a, a fall base hit in, a, a duck snort, as as I know Hawk used to call it here and there, and we're celebrating a Cubs win on this. But I think there's just a, a lot of positivity going a, around the team right now. 
in between, you know, you're talking about the minor league system. You're talking about some some successes up at the major league level as they start to pull guys out of their system that they've developed. I think that's that's less stated than it it, it should be too. You know, we should talk more about Cubs player development and what yeah. great what a great job that they've done at accelerating a lot of these guys who were just traded last year at the deadline into their system, getting them doing what they do well, and also adding you know things for them to work on and giving them that extra instruction. I think it's, it's just it, there's a lot of great positivity around this team right now because of that, because it feels like within a couple years, or maybe even a year if we're lucky, we could be talking about a totally different run of Cubs baseball here where it's a new group, it's a new exciting time to to follow along and to to learn new names and 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 get to know these guys in a division that who knows what it looks like for the future. I mean, let's be honest here. The Reds are probably going to be bad for a while. They're the Pirates haven't seemed to really figure it out and when they do figure it out, they have very short runs and spurts where they contend. You know, they have a couple years where they're good and then it's back to the cellar. The Cardinals, they've they've lost a lot of their player development to other teams. And it's kind of showed. You know, they've been very average. It seems like they're not pulling up, you know, their Tommy Edmonds as, as often as they were. They're still very loaded at, at their farm system, but it's still it's going to be on player development to develop those guys. And I I know for a fact that they've lost a decent amount of those guys to other other baseball teams. And the Brewers, who seem to just su- survive on, you know, the the starting pitching that they've had for a long time, but those guys are going to be up on contract as well eventually. You know, that's and who knows who they're going to be able to bring back with the large Christian Yelich um, contract that they have on their books too. That looks a lot better this year, but it may cost you one of those those prime those prime arms that you have out there in your rotation that you're going to have to find a way to replace him. So, or at least in the bullpen. I mean, Josh Hader's probably right. He might get moved, right? Sure. So, I mean, you start looking at 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 the contention window for a lot of these teams, and there's a lot of question marks if they're going to be able to, you know, replace these guys and continue the the stocked team that they have that they've built through the draft. And the Cubs have another, you know, high round pick or, you know, top 10 pick that they're going to make this year. And they'll probably have another to make next year to add to the core as well. So going into it, you, you, you got to be excited about the team because you're seeing successes at the major league level right now, probably ahead of when you, th- when this whole uh, franchise thought that they would. And now, you know, you're looking at more guys that may seem to come up this year and contribute like your Caleb Killians and, It'll be interesting to see how the rest of this year plays out. Hopefully they can get to 500, hover around 500, you know, maybe squeak into a second wild card. If they're lucky, that's probably the ceiling, but I'd be happy with an around the around 500 year. You get to see some Brennan Davis. You get to see some Caleb Killian and some Christopher Morrell and, you know, some Brandon Hughes. And you start to kind of build this thing out and just kind of see what guys are going to stick for the future. And I think that that's a successful season. And with that, it's going to be nice like tonight where, like you said, a young ball club isn't able to cash in and some guys who are, are maybe as I call them, the four a guys 
who probably play at the major league level, but they're too good for the triple a. So realistically they have to find their way on a roster. Patrick wisdom, <laughs> Frank Swindell. Like those are two guys that like, I, I don't want to, you know, call it on the cast. I know I just did, but that's, that's what we're dealing with. It's a lot of young guys and it's a lot of, of that going around on this team. And when you have a star pitcher, like Gallon out there, like it's just going to be a tough. Yeah. It's a tall order for you to win that ball game. Yeah, that's the thing too, and that, and I guess that's my only real frustration with tonight. It's not the fact that they lost. It's not the fact that you had guys like you said in the lineup and will probably continue to be in the lineup for the time being that are four A guys that you would kind of say that about them, I guess. But or you would consider them 4A guys. It's it's the fact that in the fifth inning, man, 40 pitches. You had yeah. Zach Gallon throw 40 fucking pitches, and you couldn't take advantage of that. And this is not against Ian Happ. Like, it's not – I'm not just calling Ian Happ out for not coming through there with two outs. I mean, it's a tough situation. You had two outs, right? Like, you were the last man standing. But, like, this is the difference between winning and losing for this team, the, the way it's constructed – it's it's inches, right? It's so it's those little plate appearances because you're not going to get too many opportunities, I feel like, in a game against a pitcher, the caliber of Zach Gallen, the way that this lineup is constructed. It's not the Yankees where you got thumpers up and down. You can hit a solo shot, you can hit a two, three run shot, just about any guy that's up there at the plate at any time. And if you get guys on base, you know. Guess what? Then you got Stanton waiting behind that guy. So you got to pitch to this guy, and this guy can take you yard. I mean, when it's say a Suzuki and Ian Happ going 0 for 8 in the ball game, yeah, those are your two thumpers right there, that basically. Hurts. That hurts. So, but I'm, you know, it's one game, right? It's one game out yeah. of 162, and it's it's just kind of like this learning curve and this uh, just where they're at right now. Yeah, I agree with that. I think. Uh... As we said early on in the show, it's it's let's turn the page, right? I mean, realistically, it's a it's a night that when you went in, you probably had a good idea that you weren't going to win this ball game, considering the the starting pitching on the pitcher on the other side. But when mm-hmm. you play it and you have opportunities, like you said in the fifth, it's like man, like just a little knock there, and you're you're beating him, you know. And that's the frustrating part, I think, if you're looking at a ball club, kind of a ball game synopsis of tonight it was you know what the what could have been you know what if you hit the cutoff man does does that extra run score you know what if Ian Happ you know gets a hit with two outs there and even like going into the eighth inning too you know with with wisdom it's like there's it just it, it hurts because I think so many times tonight the guy holding the gun was a guy who isn't going to be here in the future. And that's, that's the, that's the thing that hurts. Cause it's like, I want to see Christopher Morrell in that spot. Yeah. I want to see, and we got to see Ian happen that spot. Well, and, and I do think, but, but with that said, like, so, just for how they handle the situation, right? Yeah. Or just to see like how they, how they react, you know, like what, what their demeanor is. Are they too aggressive? You know, because I think that, what hurts is is I can take I can take them being unsuccessful at the plate. It hurts when you're burning it on a guy who probably isn't going to be on the roster next year. 
you know, when you when the, when they come to the plate and it's Patrick Wisdom, and it's not Christopher Morrell, it hurts because it's like I'm not learning anything here. You know, the yeah. Cubs could get a hit there and clear the bases and they win the ball game, but did we really learn about the future for you know one of these younger guys? And that, I think that's that's the part I think that hurts more than the loss to me. It's just the fact that it wasn't Morrell in that situation, you know, and, and that's okay. Hey, it, it's the game of baseball and you got to fill out a lineup every day and people got to play and you don't get to choose who's up at bat. You know, it, it's, it's the randomness of the game. But with that said, I, I just, I think that that's what hurts. And I think that's what you're kind of getting at too. When, when somebody's holding the gun who isn't going to be here in the future, that kind of, upsets me a little bit i don't know about you but you know that's that's kind of what i i kind of take from that is like i would i would rather that be unsuccessful and them not cash in on a run when it's a learning opportunity for a young ball player opposed to a guy like patrick wisdom who's 30 and you know it's it's clear that he's going to be an extra player. He won't be an everyday guy, no matter if it's with the Cubs or if it's with somebody else in the future. So I think that's the, that's the hard part right now is, is, is to, and that's why when we were filling out the lineup tonight, I was like, Christopher Morrell, like should play third. You know, that's, that's why I was, I was I why isn't it. he at third wisdom struggling. It. And if you really wanted to get him in the lineup, why didn't you just DH him? You know, like that's the so because you want to get them the experience there at the field too. My only counterpoint to that would be I think they want he's the type of guy that they want to see him play all these different positions. Like he's the type of guy that they want to see him play third, second, center. You know what I mean? So that's fair. And I so I like I wouldn't say I like the fact that wisdom was in the lineup, but I, I actually kind of thought you know maybe I'm a dummy for thinking this, but. I was thinking maybe the hunger being like feeling the pressure a little bit because a guy like Morrell is coming up here and having success, had a huge opening night, right? He's showing this electricity, bringing this energy to the clubhouse. His buddy, Marcus Stroman, just came back. I mean, wisdom's cool with him. He's been, he was at his concert, like the one that Ron yeah, was at, the Mike Stud thing. So I'm thinking in my head, I'm thinking, this is a perfect spot for Patrick Wisdom to kind of be like, hey, shut the fuck up. I can hit a baseball 450 feet if I when I want to. But, you know, the strikeouts, as you talked about, and you know, we've been talking about on this show for past episodes and stuff. We he I don't know if he's a guy that's gonna be here long term. I'm not sure because at, eventually you just have so much talent at the minor league level, and you have so many guys that Probably you have some guys that have similar profiles to wisdom as far as like their swing and miss stuff. Like Morel's a guy that will swing and miss a little bit. He's had good at bats and he's shown that he has the power, but he will swing and miss time to time. At least it's what he's done in the minors. I mean, he's still, he will have his growing pains too. So if, do you really want two guys on the roster like that? Like, can he improve? Of course he's only what, 22 years old, but yep. I guess the point is like, Eventually, it's going to come time for some of these guys on the roster where, hey, buddy, 
you're, you're, you're not going to be there when we're when it's time to compete. And I hate to say that because I've loved what Patrick Swiz, uh, Patrick Swisdom, but well, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's true though. It's the same, it's the same boat. Yeah. I love what they've brought to the table as far as energy goes and bringing the fan base together and the moments that they've created. It's been unreal. Uh, but at some point it's just like, you need to look at, as we've talked about, we need to look at where this team is at, where they're heading, and if they're really going to be here. And right now, I would say Wisdom, Schwindel, Schwisdom, these guys are probably looking on the like they're on their way out. Yeah, I, <laughs> I just so badly want to see Rivas at first and Morrell at third. I just want to see what it looks like. And we're probably going to get it eventually. Who knows? But I don't know. Going into tonight, I was like, I want to see what Rivas does against a great pitcher like Gallon. And then he wasn't in the lineup. It's like, so why? What's yeah? It's a lefty. Is it the the only thing I can think of was the changeup against lefties, right? Gallon's changeup against lefties. But even then, it's like. Dude, you're going to see that. You're going to yeah. see that as a big leaguer. Right. Yeah, I I don't get like the whole like protect the innocence of of Rivas so far. I just I don't. Like <laughs> I want to see if he can sink or swim. You know, at this point I don't know if it, if it's a it's a promise type thing, but it's just, it feels like everything's just roadblocked for those two guys, and they're going to have to play other positions. And, you know, you talked about seeing him in center field. Well, in the future, like, I don't think Christopher Morales' position is going to be in center. I think Brendan Davis is going to be in center. Probably. Or, yeah. So. Well, and that's the thing. Morrell has – it looks like he's been pretty good in the minors at center, but – yeah, I mean that would probably be Davis's spot, right? Like Davis projects better, I think, as a defensive center fielder. Davis could also move to a corner, but sure, they do have that flexibility there. So it's but like you're kind of stuck at corner, right? Because you have Ian Happ who plays left and Saya who plays right. Unless so, I mean, most not a guy. I mean, like yeah, I... see, that's that's the conversation. Or or are you moving Ian Happ back to second base? Is is Nick Madrigal, not a guy, because that's a, well. I that's don't a, think Madrigal is a guy, but I want to see it. But I, you know, that's a different. That's a different. Triantos is probably a lot further away than we're talking about here, you yeah. know, in terms of like you know a year or two. But like, I he's done it before, and if you truly want to get some some time out there for, maybe that's an option to work him back at second base a little bit. I know he could do it. He doesn't do it elitely. But with that said, if you got to get people in the lineup, you know, hey, the DH is there. You know, the the fact that second base is fairly open as of right now, nobody's really taken that spot and been like, yeah, you got to play me every day. You know, I mean, between Vargas and VR, like they they suck. I mean, I don't know. I just there's a lot of you're on mute, buddy. Yeah, I mean, it's sad, but they have not been very good, right? And that, that's the thing. Like, looking at – like, why can't Ian Happ DH, right? When these guys get all here, like, Ian Happ, he's going to be older. I mean, second right. base defensively, I don't really, like, 
I don't think he's been that great like in the past. So I wouldn't really no. like love that. But but if you're gonna hide somebody in the infield, if you're gonna hide somebody in the infield, second base is probably your best bet, right? Shit, I mean, they've been trying to hide fucking VR and Vargas yeah. and whoever over there, Descalzo. Like over the years, we've right. been hiding anyone that sucks at second base. <laughs> like it feels like. So I right. Yeah, not to say that Hap sucks. His offense is obviously better than right anybody. defensively, and that's kind of what I was saying. Like defensively, you can you can get by with. I mean, Dan Ugla did it for how long, right? I mean, he was a terrible <laughs> second baseman. Oh man! But, but I mean, power, so, though, yeah, that's him, what man. I'm saying. Like, I don't know. I I love the way that the flexibility with the roster is right now because it is interesting to sit and watch them run a new lineup with new positions almost every night. I think that is that is a, a huge, you know, asset for David Ross when he's filling out the lineup card. No doubt, man. Like, that's the thing that I said go- going into the season in my preseason article, the projection preview. I said the one thing I'm looking forward to the most this season was guessing the lineup every day and seeing how many different variations of the lineup there would be. Like – and that's still true today. Like every day before the lineup card actually comes out, I'm like, Who's, what's he doing? What's Ross doing? You know, what's in his head? What, what What is he thinking about this matchup? Who does he want to see where? Like that stuff's still relevant here. And yeah, it's it's cool to see. Like I, that's why I have no real complaints, especially about a night like tonight. It's like, no, cool. You guys lost. Hey, they game. lost. Yeah. Happens against a good pitcher. If they were losing this game 3-1 against, you know, a guy with like a nine ERA, then me and you'd be pissed off. But I yeah. mean, it's 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 probably it, it may end up being the prime arm on the market via trade this year. I mean, I, I don't know if they want to move him because I think they he's still young. I think he's going to be a guy that they try to. I think the D backs look at Gallon as the type of guy that they want to build this thing up with. And I could be wrong about that, but. Sure, because he does have a ton of value on the on the market. Absolutely, and that's why I just—they're going to listen to it. I don't expect them to, but if they were blown away, maybe they end up pulling that trade. But yeah, poor Gallon though, because I don't think that they're going to be very good for a long time. As you watch, they you look at that roster. I don't it's think they're going to be good for a long time. I do say they will have some guys that are coming up, like they like. The guy that we've seen too in this series, Alec Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Play. you know Dalton Varsho, who's kind of versatile outfield. He homered tonight, outfield catcher. Um, they've got you know they've got some pieces that makes it kind of fun, I guess. Like Cattell Marte, I think is an elite player when he's yeah. healthy. Um, Seth Beer, I was higher on coming into the season, but he was like in a super funk. Like you talk Patrick Wisdom funks. This guy was like way off the deep end as compared to uh, Patrick, you know, Patrick Wisdom. So they had to send him back down to the minor leagues. But I, I don't think they're completely they're not like Cincinnati Reds level right now, even though the Reds. No, like no, and that's not what system. I was saying either. I think their system is a little bit even better than the D backs, actually. But um no, I, I agree with you though. Like looking at this roster right now, like they might want to um you know, they, they still are selling. Like, I think they're still in sell right. mode. You look at the rest of that division. They've got to compete with some tough, tough teams in the NL West. And 
that's why they're a team that you can take advantage of if you're the Cubs because you're in a similar situation as the D-backs. Like, you guys are kind of – you look at the rest of this just National League as a whole. There are some elite teams in the National League, and then there are your teams that are, like, borderline good, and then you are your teams that are just downright awful. And the Cubs and D-backs are kind of like the borderline good. Like, the D-backs have started – they've played some good baseball – early on in this season, but against the Cubs, Cubs have pretty much had their number until tonight. Um, but so that's what's making it interesting. I guess we might as well just look ahead, Juice, as we're on the topic. Yeah, real like, quick, just the last kind of thoughts for the yeah. the whole, like, I don't know if you saw this at bat. We were talking about Kentel Marte, but did you see how uncomfortable he looked against Hughes with that slider? Oh, my in? God, dude. His first swing, when he took that first swing – and then it looked like he turned towards the dugout, the Cubs dugout, shook his head like, well, like, because that slider, A, it almost hit him, and he still swung at it. Nasty. Absolutely nasty. Brandon Hughes, man. Brandon Hughes, he's three and a third innings now with seven strikeouts and no hits a lot, I believe. Dude, and that slider is gross. It's nasty. <laughs> it's absolutely oh, gross. Like you and made, you made a, too. yeah, like, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead with the, no, with you made an, I was just going to say you made an all-star in Marte, like look, look baffled at the plate. Like that's, that's like feather in the cap moments. Like Marte is a very, very good player and a, a righty and you're running that slider up and in and he's swinging mm. at it when it's almost hitting him. Cause it's just, it, it's just sliding in like that. Unbelievable pitch. And I'll tell you what, man. I'm I'm gonna start a petition to get his parents to sit at like every single one of their games because they were there again tonight. And absolutely hilarious to sit there and you know, good for them to be able to take in the series and you know to, to watch their kid, you know, start to you know really begin his MLB career and, and on a great note, because like you said, man, he's been nothing but nails to start his career. No doubt. I mean, that's the thing, like Looking at these guys, this bullpen as a whole, and we talk about it just about every episode at this point, the bullpen is the strength of the team. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it at this point. The bullpen is the strength of the team. You look at what they did tonight, four innings, one hit, zero runs allowed, one walk, five strikeouts between Efros, Brandon Hughes, Gesellman, g Selman. Like, <laughs> dude, this this – this bullpen is – I don't know if it's just – is it all about mixing and matching with Ross? Because to me, I'm seeing like what you're seeing, Juice. The stuff from these relievers is just unreal. Yeah, Pitch Lab is working. I'll end it with that. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Pitch Lab is working. There's no question about it. Um, so let's go ahead and look ahead to tomorrow. We've got Humberto Castellanos against – Kyle Hendricks, the professor, making another start against the D-backs here. He's got a 4.03 ERA, 2-3 and three record on the season. Castellanos for the D-backs, 2-1, and one, 4.15 ERA. That's going to be a 120 start Friday special at Wrigley Field. Beautiful, historic Wrigley Field. It's the unveiling of the Hall of Famer Fergie Jenkins' statue who in my Mount Rushmore, I personally put him second on the Cubs all-time for the Mount Rushmore. 
Um, just insane stats. He is incredible. I, I was looking at it, and I wrote an article a few years ago for another website. I uh, This was before I was even with ONTAP, but Jenkins is one of the few. He's one of only five pitchers with 3,000 strikeouts and fewer than 1,000 walks issued. Uh, career lifetime. Former Cy Young pitcher. He was in the running for Cy Young. I believe it was three seasons altogether. Could be wrong about that, but he left, and then he, he pitched for um, the Red Sox for a few years and the Rangers and came back to the Cubs and then finished his career as a Cub. But um, Juice, I'll turn it over to you. Let's talk. Give me like a little preview of your thoughts about tomorrow's game and then Maybe a little something on Fergie Jenkins if you if you have anything on Fergie Jenkins, but uh, we will face the D-backs tomorrow. So, what are your thoughts about tomorrow and the festivities? Yeah, tomorrow uh, gonna be a good day for for Fergie and you know everything that he's kind of done as a Cub ambassador. Freaking awesome, you know, one of the greatest ever. Uh, I think I don't have any Fergie like stories or, but he's always just been like. There's very few like older Cub ambassador greats that are still living, right? You know, we've lost a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, our our culture. And Fergie, with no like, he's picked it up and he's continued to, you know, be that guy. And and that's awesome. You know, that's it's it's great to, you know, honor him. And and I can't wait to go visit the statue. I know Wrigley's got so many of them now, but. Um, it'd be great to take a picture at that one, just like I have it at all the other ones. So, um, yeah, amazing. Right. Like, but for tomorrow it's warm weather, Kyle, right? I hope that, uh, he has his own, you know, Fergie Jenkins, uh, type performance where, uh, you know, he's quick. Uh, I know there's some scattered thunderstorms around four to six o'clock for Chicago, uh, a little chance of that. So hopefully it's a quick game that can get that one in and the Cubs get a dub. And uh, my fly the W pick will, you know, hopefully uh, have a nice at bat in there as well in Wilson Contreras. Um, but, yeah, man, no, I just uh, turn the page on tonight and uh, get a win tomorrow. And it would be cool to, uh, you know, watch the – I'm sure that they're televising all that, you know, on, on Marquee Network. Uh, to watch them unveil the statue, but uh, be great date on er- uh, Fergie, not Ernie. We did we did that already, but uh, yeah, no, it'd be great to to watch that and uh, and watch the game. Um, that thank God won't be on YouTube because that was uh, <laughs> god awful the other night. Oh man, just I'm so thankful that people were able to like Ron did switch over to the radio broadcast for Pat Hughes and. Uh, Ron Coomer, because it was atrocious. And I don't say that – I don't say that easily. Like, it's not easy for me to say that. It was very bad. Um, But, yeah, as you said, Juice, you kind of said Ernie there for a second, and that would have been my number one on the Mount Rushmore, like we talked about before the show. Um, One would be Ernie. Second would be Fergie Jenkins. So, you know, Fergie Jenkins in my book and in your book are very high. Uh, We think very high of both of those guys. So another great statue that we get to go and visit and take pictures with. I'm all for it. I love it. Um, Let's go ahead and have a day tomorrow. Let's get a win. 
on Fergie Jenkins day. I think that's a great idea with, like you said, Kyle Hendricks on the mound, have him have a Fergie like outing. That would be, I mean, that would just be a picture perfect day in my book. Um, but just a reminder for any listeners and watchers of this show, we are Cubs on tap. You can find us at Cubbies on tap, C-U-B-B-I-E-S. You can find Juice at Juice on tap. You can find me at Joey Knows Nothing. That's nothing without the G. N's and I-N because that stands for Cubs win. I don't know. Something different. Ron at Loose on Tap. You definitely got to check out Ron. He was doing the Four Feathers pod, so you can def- check out. Go to ontapsportsnet.com. Check out all of our content. Check out the articles. Check out the podcasts and live streams. Uh, they just did a stream tonight, so you might want to check that out. Um, if you're a Hawks fan, if you're a Bulls fan, we have Bulls on Tap. We have uh, Socks on Tap. If you're a Southside fan, I know that you know this is a Cubs show, but – like Ron always likes to say, we have friends that are Southsider fans. So great content at ontapsportsnet.com, social media platforms at ontapsportsnet. And uh, I'm helping out with the Bears on Tap shows and all that Bears content and on tap bets, on tap golf. There's all kinds of stuff, Juice. I don't even know. I, I'm not yeah, man. at this with uh, like Ron is, but like it's. No, go, go ahead. Stuff. I'm going to add in. Go ahead and. Make sure that you're listening to ONTAP bets and then going to Bet Rivers and using our code ONTAP Sports. Or I think ONTAP. It's just ONTAP. They will match up to $200. Make sure that you're, you guys are going over and you're using that. It's free money. And Joey just did a show with the ONTAP golf guy, Jack Bushman, who went through all of the betting you need to do for the PGA Championship. Make sure you're going over there using some of that money to bet on hopefully Roy McElroy winning uh, because that's where my money uh, lays right now. Um, but with that said, make sure you're heading over there and using our code on tap for uh, the free money. Cause you need that free money is great. We love free money over here. Absolutely. Every time I will take free money. Thank you juice for helping me out with that. And <laughs> guys, if you have any final thoughts, juice spew them out. Otherwise let's get out of here. The only way that we know how. Fuck the Cardinals. Those are always the greatest final thoughts. And go Cubs.